Welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show with your host, General Contractor Donnie Blanchard. Brought to you by GAF, the world's largest roofing manufacturer. GAF, we protect what matters most. And welcome back to the Carolina Contractor Show. My name is Eric Smith. Across from me, Donnie Blanchard, General Contractor. And if you're not familiar with us, the easiest thing to do is go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. We've got all the links and bios and information about the show. Also at the website, you can find past shows we've done and listen to them in a podcast form. We've got uh, tons and tons of those. You can contact us through the website. We've got social media links up there and a little thing we like to call Ask the Contractor. And this is for Donnie in, in particular because Donnie is a general contractor and owner of Suretop Roofing. If you have a question about your house, as we say, inside, the outside, top, bottom, anything, plumbing, electrical, things like that, you can submit your question to Donnie at the website and then he'll answer them. He'll usually give you a direct response if you leave contact information, but we like to do shows and answer questions. And once in a while, we do a dedicated show to nothing but questions listeners have had. And you can do that very simply, again, by going to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. Now, we do have a, a topic for today upgrades for your house. And as we started off the show, in a world where we've got, by the textbook definition, a recession going on, everything costs more when you're trying to find stuff, products. You know, there's an issue with just getting qualified installers. I mean, there's so many things that are are different than just a few years ago, but you still can make upgrades. And the question is, what upgrades make the best sense? Right. I'm assuming a giant water fountain in the front yard is not one of them. That's actually way down on the list, but definitely a, a thing that adds convenience. And I just want to say that, you know, with the doom and gloom uh, going on around us, you know, don't stop investing in your home. I, I read a stat where the average homeowner gained $57,000 in equity since the third quarter of last year. So uh, just in three quarters to gain uh, 57000 on average. If you have a larger home, it's probably double that. So uh, I think that investing in your home is still something that's good to do. And uh, in a time when, uh, like we did the show last week on uh, recession renovations, in a time when you know money might be tight, it's still the best place uh, to grow your money. So uh, they reported also that last year remodeling projects alone totaled $430 billion by the end of the second quarter. And so people are still spending money on their houses, um, and, and I just think that it's a very wise thing to do. What I did is I broke down these home upgrades into categories, and so we'll try to get through as many as we can today. But uh, there are six categories, and they start with convenience, uh, followed by comfort, efficiency, safety, handicap accessibility, and return on investment, uh, which we did a show on maybe two years ago. And it's funny how a lot of those items have changed, but uh, I don't know that we'll get to all of those today, but uh, I'll start out with convenience. So we preach smart, smart, smart uh, home automation. So things like automatic door locks, automatic lighting, programmable thermostats, uh, all those things are things that contribute to comfort in your everyday life. And of course, the smart thermostat, it makes your house more efficient. It saves money. But, you know, if you're that person who says, gosh, did I remember to lock the doors? You know, you have that at the touch of a button on your smartphone now. And like I said, this falls in the category of convenience. So you don't have to fumble around with your keys in the dark. And uh, just a few of those cheap minor upgrades uh, will be something that you use every day. So uh, the next thing on the list is adding physical square footage. There's nothing more convenient than having enough room. So if your house is tight or you're a growing family and you've outgrown your house, doing an addition, uh, maybe a bigger family room, maybe a sunroom where you can get away from the kids for a moment and do your reading, um, or even a home office, uh, adding that physical square footage seems to be something that makes sense for adding uh, convenience. 
Uh, find storage is the next thing I put on the list. So uh, a lot of people have wasted space in their house. And I think that uh, converting that wasted space into some sort of storage or something functional, whether it be mudroom or shoe storage or just maybe an area for the kids to store their book bags after school to keep everything out of the floor. Another thing that I, I saw, and if you Google this on Pinterest, there's often square footage available under stairs that, that's usually not utilized in the right way. And a lot of times people will plug a closet in there, but they have a lot of neat ideas for kids, uh, dogs, you know, nice uh, storage areas that you can make the most out of square footage wise for your house. Um, another thing that people do for storage is they want a floor more attic. So if you go into your attic and say the, the code minimum, I want to say is maybe two sheets of plywood worth. Uh, basically the uh, the, the code says that you have to have 12 inches of free space underneath that floor plywood. So usually ceiling joists are around a two by eight, two by eight measures seven and a quarter thick, two by six on top of that, which is five and a half, uh, will usually equal just over that 12 inch mark. And the 12 inch is what you need for an R38 bat in your ceiling area. So just be aware that if you want to add more pieces of plywood to your attic, you, you'll have to also do what they call fur up the ceiling joist before you put that plywood down. This is a Carolina Contractor Show, and we're just talking about upgrades you can do to your house. What do you got next on that list for uh, convenience, Donnie? Yeah, well, last week I mentioned uh, adding motion sensors in uh, the kids' bathrooms, and then we added a motion sensor in the pantry for the lights because the kids always leave the lights on, and it drove me crazy. So that was money well spent. But one thing I didn't think about is adding a motion sensor on your bath fans, and that could go in all the bathrooms because, of course, a bath fan pulls a little more electricity than, than what would a light bulb. But, you know, bath fans on motion sensors just makes sense. And that way, when you're in the bathroom, those bath fans, people often confuse those usage-wise because they think they're for smell. And bath fans are for moisture removal, not smell. So um, I think the building code says you either have to have one operable window or one bath fan per bathroom. And um, the amount of moisture generated just by a hot shower uh, is more than you realize. And so I think having that bath fan in place and making sure that it's running when it's supposed to is a real thing. So that kind of falls in the category of function and convenience, but definitely motion sensors on a lot of things in your house that that you either forget to turn off or forget to use at the appropriate moment is a good thing. We mentioned this a second ago, but building out a home office. Uh, right now, it's a really popular thing for everybody to work from home. And building a home office could be something that would add to your convenience and also help with your resale value because chances are uh, if a couple is going to buy your house, one of the two of those folks may work from home. So that's a really attractive selling point. We just recently, because we started recording the radio show remotely, it gave me the idea. I have a 10 by 10 office in my basement. And uh, what I'm doing now is I'm actually moving all of my home office stuff up to uh, what used to be the guest room. And um, so I'm going to set that up for basically uh, working from home. And I'm going to convert our 10 by 10 office into a soundproof recording studio. My, My daughter has some pipes and I don't know where she got it from, but um, anyway, she can sing really well. So uh, I've got her on board with helping me make the move and the conversion and putting the soundproof stuff on the walls. And, uh, you know, we're going to start recording some cover stuff for her, but kind of thought that was a neat thing. And uh, anything you can add to your house that uh, the next person in line may be able to use is an attractive selling point. Well, let's move outside because one of the things we talked about last week, a week before, was like redoing decks and and renovations you can make for under $5,000 and having more room outside. That's a fun thing to do, especially this time of year. Yeah, I just think any if you can create any kind of outdoor living space, you know, that certainly adds to your convenience because when the weather breaks, everybody's going to want to spend more time outside. And uh, I think in the fall football season around the corner, you know, it's just nice. And it's also very convenient when you have the cookout at your house and everybody comes to you. Uh, I'm kind of in the camp where 
the kids always want to have the sleepovers at my house, and and uh, we have the you know four wheelers and side by sides, and everybody can kind of romp and play outside, which keeps the inside of the house much cleaner. But uh, it is awful convenient when you can be the go to in terms of the the cookouts and the get togethers because you have enough outdoor living space, uh, and that could be anything patios, decks. Uh, just any way to enjoy your outside, similar to what you did last year with, uh, you said the deck improvement, you definitely got your money's worth and you guys use it daily. Yeah, I'll have to uh, give you a picture to put up on the Facebook site of what it uh, looks like. Having a new deck, or in my case, we just did the top boards and did a slight change in how the steps were set up. Uh, it's the drawing point outside. You know, it's funny, you mentioned the Facebook site and um, I kind of watch the traffic on the Facebook and the Instagram pages and it seems like we get so much more traffic on the Instagram page. And I just think that Instagram's probably more tailored to uh, TV and radio. So just the, the fact that we, you know, the product that we crank out there, people consume that better on Instagram. But the funny thing is Instagram doesn't have a link uh, capability, meaning when I put the link to the podcast up, they literally have to copy and paste that and, and to get to where they need to go, where Facebook allows the links. And I think they're owned by the same company. So not sure why one works that way and, and the other does not. But anyway, I appreciate all the interaction. And we have a lot of uh, loyal listeners who send me questions through that way now if they don't uh, go through the website. And I'll round out this list on convenience. And these are two things that we've talked about in the past, but I have both of these in my house. And uh, I've, I've needed both of them on two occasions at least, but uh, a freezer alarm and a water alarm are two things that you can buy pretty cheap on Amazon. The water alarm, uh, you may be able to install yourself. Um, uh, if not, you can have a plumber do that, but these are convenient if you have a crawl space. So if you have a crawl space, you don't ever go in there to really access it unless you have a problem. And you could have a pipe burst or even a pipe leak, and it could generate an excess amount of moisture in your crawl space that can do damage to a lot of different things. And that water alarm is just about the cheapest insurance that you can have down there because it'll let you know uh, before the problem gets too bad. Uh, freezer alarm, definitely used it more than once. And uh, basically, it's an alarm that goes in your freezer. And I have two of the, two freezers in the basement, but the monitor goes outside. And when that the temperature of that freezer gets above a certain point that you're able to set it will go off and, and notify you that you have a problem with the freezer. And this could save, especially now with the, the prediction of the food shortages, you know, it could save you losing as much as $1,000 worth of food. The one thing that almost burned me is that the batteries died in the uh, monitor. So the device on the outside that told me the temperature uh, basically went blank one day. And so when I opened it up and checked it, you know, it's just a two AA batteries. So that's one thing to monitor. And I'm sure that, of course, battery technology is going to improve. And that may not be a thing. But the cheap one on Amazon definitely requires a little bit of maintenance and monitoring. Yeah, I know a lot of people in the mafia have those alarms because the thawing bodies and heads <laughs> in a freezer, it's, it's just not very pleasant. <laughs> this is the Carolina Contractor Show. And we're talking about upgrades for your house. And, and the subject, Donnie, just went over there was convenience items. And, and we've got a new category to work in. And, and I kind of like this. It's comfort. You want to stay uh, very comfortable in your house. So let's start off with some upgrades with that. And radiant heat flooring. This is a luxury, it sounds like. Yes, very much so. Um, radiant heat flooring is oftentimes used in bathrooms. And uh, we talked about our values of certain building materials on a show a while back. And uh uh, tile flooring has the lowest R value out of all the flooring. So people walk in the bathroom and they don't like the cold floor. But radiant heat flooring is one of those things that if you're going to do it, you probably need to catch it during the new construction phase. And uh, basically, it's a series of pipes that go under the floor. Um, and uh, you can have electric or if you have uh, maybe a solar water heater, you know, that's another way to achieve that. But so it, it's not as expensive as you think. The retrofit version is, and I don't recommend tearing everything up unless that cold floor just really gets to you. You could probably achieve 
something similar just by you know rugs or mats down in there. But uh, radiant heat flooring is something that definitely contributes to comfort. Um, increase your security. So right now, it's never been cheaper to have a security system in your house with cameras. And, um, you know, it used to be one of these things where they were set up to uh, bill you by the month and the installation was made to be cheap so they could get you on the monthly monitoring service for years to come. But uh, I actually have one of those installed in my house and I've opted for the smart system where I have the camera set up, um, have the floodlight cameras outside, the doorbell camera. And even though Amazon may be watching me every day, I'm not doing anything that can't be disclosed. So um, increasing your security definitely contributes to comfort because if you sleep better at night, you know, what's that worth? You can't put a price on that. Thermostat zoning is something we talked about quite a bit. And what this is, is zoning different areas of your house to work on different thermostats. It doesn't require an additional heating and air system, but I want to say the zoning board is around $1,500. And by the time you invest in the additional thermostats, you know, that will probably round out around $2,000 to do it. Uh, much cheaper to do when you initially install the HVAC system, but also one of those things that's not impossible to retrofit. So if you have a HVAC contractor that you trust, recommend definitely asking them about that. It's a big money saver. I have uh, the master suite on one zone. The girls are on another zone and Caleb is on a third. So uh, we all live different lives on different schedules and that definitely contributes. Um, the dehumidifier is the next thing I put on the list and I have a lot to say about this so I'll just try to hit the high spots. If you have a humidity issue, I don't recommend just getting the humidity out of the house. I recommend finding the source. That's probably the most important thing you can do. And uh, I've been in houses and I can almost smell it when I walk in that, you know, they have a environment that is uh, that will promote mold growth because the humidity is is too much. And uh, a lot of times the culprit is you have no vapor barrier in your crawl space. And so that's a pretty easy fix. I want to say my insulation contractor charges $600 per thousand square feet. So if you have a 2,000 square foot house, it's a $1,200 thing. They go in with a 10 mil uh, vapor barrier, which is basically like a really thick piece of plastic. And they cover all the ground in the crawl space. And, of course, that prevents any moisture transmission into the floor, into the insulation, and into the house. So uh, uh, a lot of times that's the, the case. Um, we've talked about this before, but HVAC systems being oversized is another contributor to a high humidity problem because what's happening there is uh, they're so strong and they're oversized that they are uh, cycling on and off. And that HVAC system, it will cure too much humidity, but... What it's being driven by is the called for temperature in the thermostat. So if you say get down to 68, it's going for 68 without measuring the humidity and taking that into account. So an oversized system cycles on and off too fast to remove the appropriate amount of humidity, and that could be the culprit as well. Another thing we preach, you know, get your HVAC serviced, and they can usually tell you that uh, in just a few minutes when they look at the square footage of your house versus the tonnage of the unit. Hey, Donnie, um, real quick. Yeah. If your HVAC unit is oversized mm -hmm. and doing that, do you have to replace the unit or can something be done to work with the existing unit? Yeah, they can probably um, adjust the airflow with the existing unit. Um, but I don't I don't think that there's any uh, real fix to solve the problem 100 percent, but they can make it better. Yes. OK, please continue. <laughs> the next thing I have on the list is increase the ventilation. So check your bath fans. A lot of times these aren't working appropriately or, you know, where they come, where their bath fans exit the house, you know, maybe there's a blockage there. So always good to check the bath fans and the path that they make uh, to the exterior. Uh, range hoods are another thing. So if your range hood isn't working 
properly and you cook a lot, you know, you're generating a lot of moisture that's staying inside that house. Um, and again, this all falls in the HVAC world. So good to get those guys to check everything out for you when they come out to service your units. And the last thing you want to ask them is if it is necessary to add a fresh air intake. That is something that can be retrofitted. And a lot of times these units um, are ripe for a fresh air intake and they just weren't installed uh, adequately the first time. Um, next on the list is a tankless water heater. So if you already have gas, I tell folks this is the last appliance where I would say gas is superior to electric. And this is because it's it's generating hot water as fast as you call for it. Uh, it's not instant hot water, but it does make hot water on demand. So if you have three people taking showers at the same time, it's going to generate all the hot water that you need. And gas has that heat punch is what we call it. Uh, but gas is the only way to really achieve that. The electric version they say it works okay, but I have not had anyone that has been super pleased with the product. So I do say, especially if you have natural gas, the tankless water heaters are something that I fully endorse. Um, and this is going to sound funny, but in terms of comfort, replacing your plumbing fixtures, uh, this is this is something that I, I have all handicap height toilets, and that's a 17-inch tall toilet versus 15, and that two extra inches does make a difference. Um, and, you know, things like a kitchen faucet with a pull-out sprayer, you know, things like that definitely add to convenience if you're going to be washing dishes every day. Um, next on the list is uh, adding windows for natural light. I have a couple of places on, I have vaulted ceilings in my living room. So I have two places that, you know, I just didn't add windows when we built because uh, it was um, not convenient. So, uh, uh, and, and to keep the cost down. So adding those windows for natural light in areas where there may be just a blank wall is a good thing. Um, window treatments on south-facing windows, uh, not a bad thing either. So a lot of times the south-facing windows are what are what are the culprits for heating up your house uh, through the day in the summer months. So they make blinds and curtains that, um, that, that black out that sunlight and definitely help your heating and air system keep up when it's really hot like it is. Um, I'll close the list out by saying uh, optimize your lighting. So uh, daylight style bulbs in the bathroom and then the natural light in the uh, the rest of the house and dimmer switches are something that can really help out they say that in the evenings reducing your lighting by 30 percent somehow has a calming effect so uh, i don't i don't have time to fool with that but uh, if that works it's great and um, the last thing on the list is not home related but invest in a massage chair they make these shiatsu massagers at bed bath and beyond for 100 bucks and i can say that i use mine almost daily and definitely definitely worth the money this is the Carolina Contractor Show, and uh, General Contractor Donnie Blanchard was talking about upgrades for your house, and that was under the category of comfort. We've got about uh, four or five minutes left, Donnie, and one more category is efficiency. So let's run over those real quick and, and start about radiant barriers in the attic. Yeah, uh, radiant barrier is something that if you have a, a really hot attic or you don't have adequate ventilation, you know, your attic is just sweltering at this time of the year. But Radiant Barrier can definitely help out with that, and, and I used to install this years and years ago as a service, and um, it, basically what it is, it looks like a giant sheet of tin foil with fibers woven through it for strength, and so you put that on the bottom side of your attic rafters, and what this does, if, you're, if your soffits uh, have the appropriate amount of intake, and of course your ridge vent on the roof has the exhaust, it channels all the heat that's coming uh, into your attic out of that exhaust appropriately, and it keeps it out of the main uh, cubic footage of the attic. And if you have an air handler up there, for instance, it allows that air handler to work a lot better than it would otherwise. But definitely one of those things, when I used to put it in attics, I could tell 
a 10 to 15 degree swing as I installed it on just one side. So um, it, it really works like it's supposed to. It's not very expensive. Definitely something that's DIY if you can get around in your attic and, um, and definitely worth it even if you have to pay an insulation company to do it. I hate to even mention this because it seems like a weekly thing, but retrofitting your insulation to meet code is probably the best bang for the buck in terms of efficiency and uh, uh, especially with everything going all electric right now you know the electric doesn't have that power punch like we said gas does so having uh, the appropriate amount or even extra insulation is something that's going to pay big dividends down the road because the price per kilowatt hour is only going to go up and if you have all electric especially you need that house to be well insulated um, next on the list is anything solar so whether it be solar panels solar shingles uh, even the Tesla roof, which costs a lot more than solar shingles, but uh, that's another story. Uh, anything that contribute can contribute to your monthly utilities is well worth the money. Um, changing your exterior doors to fiberglass. I know a lot of people are a fan of that that front door being all wood, and that's just a look that they want. But fiberglass has come a long way, and it's it's far superior to wood in terms of our value. And now they have the wood grain fiberglass that, that is sustainable and they have some things that they didn't even have 10, 15 years ago. So I think, you know, cosmetically it's very pleasing and, um, and, and definitely functions the way that it's supposed to. Uh, this is a big ticket item, but in terms of efficiency improvement, replacing your windows is something you may want to consider. Uh, windows are your vulnerable point where all the heat transfer takes place, and definitely recommend doing your homework on the windows too because there are a couple of lines, and I won't call them by name, but they cost as much as double, and they have the same R value as the less expensive vinyl in, vinyl out is what we call those. And uh, the energy code is what dictates the R value of these windows. So even the cheapest window still has to have low E glass, with the argon gas between the panes, and uh, it usually they fall in around an R3. A really expensive window, you may get an R4, but it's not worth all that extra money spent. Um, replacing the electrical fixture bulbs, uh, don't necessarily need to replace the fixtures, but the bulbs have come a long way, and just going through your house and just changing all those out to LED is definitely worth it. Um, replacing your plumbing fixtures, uh, meaning the faucets, uh, the plumbing fixtures are one of those things where uh, the new use far less water than the old. So I definitely think that the new fixtures are uh, are something that will pay over time, especially if you're on city water and you pay a water bill instead of a well. Um, the last thing is uh, having your ductwork inspected for leaks and poor connections. So your air handler is usually the big metal box that you see in the attic or under the house. And if you go where the flex duct connects to those, usually you can see tape hanging off or, you know, some sort of mastic gap. And I think that that's one of those things. This is a heating and air thing as well. But if you have any duct leakage in your attic or you're conditioning your uh, crawl space w with the, the air that's supposed to be in the house, you know, you could lose as much as 30% efficiency there. And that's a big number when it comes to paying your bills every month. So just laying eyes on that and making sure that you're okay there uh, is something that could help out a lot. Well, thanks for joining this edition of the Carolina Contractor Show. Again, the website will have all this information up, thecarolinacontractor.com. You have a question for Donnie, hit the Ask the Contractor button. And as we start off the show talking, if you want to follow us, we do find that Instagram does a lot better to give you pictures and notifications and stuff, but you can still follow us on Facebook and things like that too. So hit the website, thecarolinacontractor.com, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Carolina Contractor Show. Learn more at thecarolinacontractor.com. Brought to you by GAF. We protect what matters most.
Hey, it's Eric Smith, co-host of the Carolina Contractor Show for SureTop Roofing. A brand new roof is even more affordable than ever. SureTop Roofing, your local GAF Master Elite certified roofer, now offers financing plans for as low as $85 a month. That's probably less than your internet or cell phone bill. With approved credit, you can finance that brand new roof for 10 years at 9.9%, and that includes warranties for up to 50 years. But this offer is only available from SureTop Roofing, so schedule your free estimate at SureTop Roofing. That's SureTopRoofing.com.